Business leaders today need to go beyond meetings and management. There are action steps that nearly every leader needs to know to align with their core values and get the important priorities done. Welcome to the Grow Forward Today podcast with Paul D. Casey. Whether you're just starting out as a leader in your organization or have been a seasoned professional who wants to explore new ideas and practices, this will be an enlightening and highly applicable program. And now, your host, Paul Casey. Sometimes you get stuck in life and you need someone to open up your possibility thinking to light the spark again. Today on episode 14 of the Grow Forward Today podcast, You'll meet my guest, Ken Hanneman, host of the Ungraduated Podcast and executive leader of over 700 restaurants, who has a personal turnaround story that he uses to help others reprogram themselves for life purpose. Let's get an inside scoop on what Ken put in his book and find out how that can supercharge your personal leadership development. Ready to grow forward? Welcome, friends. We all have a backstory. As a coach, I get to learn about the backstories of my clients in our first session, and each person is fascinating and unique. Most people have some trauma in their past or some other major bumps in the road when things didn't go as planned. Their family of origin plays a huge role in who they are today, just as yours and mine does. We have developed a mindset shaped around that backstory. Some of that is helpful, some of it unhelpful. Through counseling and marriage and disappointment and self-reflection, I have had to become a student of myself to determine what to shed from my past and what to be extremely grateful for. That actually contributed to me writing my first book, The Static Cling Principle, which I literally formulated while doing laundry. True story. Which has the message of what to pull off your life, usually with an electric reaction, and what to adhere to your life for the successful future you want. My guest today is Ken Hanneman. Here's a little bit about Ken. Ken is an executive leader in the restaurant industry with a responsibility of over 700 restaurants. In addition to his corporate responsibilities, he is also an author, writer, and possibility mindset coach. He is the husband to his wife and best friend, Crystal, having enjoyed life together for over 20 years. Neither of them has navigated life on traditional terms. Together, they have marched against social norms and have forged a life well-lived on their own terms, defined through them and away from societal labels. Ken is a real-life nothing-to-everything story. It's been through his relationships and the many different levels he's held in his corporate career that he's had the ability to reflect on what in life has made him successful. Having met, coached, and observed the lives and careers of thousands of different individuals, Ken has come to the realization that happiness, purpose, health, and wellness along with personal and professional success, are all the result of mindset and belief systems. And I was on Ken's Ungraduated podcast this year, had such a good time that I wanted to interview him too. So welcome, Ken. Thanks, Paul, for having me. I'm sitting here listening to that introduction, and it makes me smile because, yes, I hope to add some value to listeners here as I know it has helped me in my own truths and experience. So glad to be here with you in the audience as well, too. Awesome. Well, you describe yourself as a possibility mindset coach. Tell us more about what that means and how you seek to help your clients. Yeah, I think it's so, so important to realize that when it comes down to life, getting out of fixed mindsets and into growth mindsets is what the whole possibility aspect is. It's about changing that view of life happens to me 
towards life happens for me. And then in that process, really peeling back some layers and looking at the accountable aspects of life saying, what have I done to myself, knowingly or unknowingly, that either is empowering me or limiting me. So we talk about the empowerment aspect and what things we're possibly self-sabotaging our own lifestyles and careers with. And a lot of that is the negative critic, the ego, the self-talk inside our head that I have no doubt that we'll get into and dive through all types of different layers. But yeah, I believe that the people in our lives, sometimes who we're most closest to, not for any ill intentions, but sometimes those folks limit us, our loved ones and families. Then it turns into the people that we associate with and hang out with. Then sometimes it's our actual work life or even leadership within the world whether that's through government or whomever else that says, this is the way you're supposed to live. And while we have to have rules and we have to have some way to live life with, um, with a normalcy to it, I don't think we always stop to think, whose life am I living? Am I living my story that I've written that works well for me? Or am I fitting myself into a box that society says I'm supposed to fit into? And that may not be working for me. So the possibility mindset coach aspect is, whose life are you living? somebody else's story that's trying to fit you into their template? Or are you living on your terms, answering big questions or trying to, at least for yourself, that leads you to more empowering places to see that you, we are in control of the lives that we lead for ourselves, 90% of it at least. And then the other 10% that's beyond control is how do we learn from that and use it to our benefit. So that's an overall synopsis of kind of what it means to be a possibility mindset coach and what I talk and coach to people about. I love how you said from life happens to me to life happens for me. I just want to dig a little bit, double click on that one. I love my podcast hosts say, I want to double click on that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what is, I would assume life happens to me is a little bit more of a victim mindset and for me is more empowering. It is. Yeah. It, it's how do I learn and grow? from the experiences that are being placed in front of me. It's becoming mindfully aware that a lot of the circumstances that we find ourselves in, barring a couple of outside life stuff like COVID-19 for for, uh, one example, I don't think anybody here would have wished to have brought that on themselves. So that is one of the elements of how do I get innovative and learn from this? But the vast majority of things, again, 90% of the things, it's framing that mindset to saying, what can I learn from this? And chances are you brought it into your own life yourself, whether you've known it or not. And getting out of that fixed mindset of why, 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 how's come, how's come, and where do I point the finger at this time? It's taking that hard look in the mirror and saying, what can I learn from this? What decisions, choices, actions, mindset did I have that led me to this outcome? Again, a lot of the things that we don't know that we're accountable for, if we reframe the mindset, we can see that we are accountable for. And that's where I've changed my view of most of life happens for me and not to me. So it's how do you learn, grow, develop, and prosper within that mindset. And I promise you this and all the listeners, you do become a lot more empowered whenever you've changed that mindset of life's happening for you, not to you. So true. So true. Yeah, and you mentioned the the box, uh, the template. I think you even used a few other words uh, that are that limit us from our past. Or, uh, like you said, it even could be family, could be friends, could be uh, a past mindset, 
that you're in. Uh, how do you realize you're in a box? Starts with asking yourself some of the bigger questions. And I do think that more of society needs to do this. It's something I teach and talk a lot about. What excites you? What, what passions do you have? Do you have a limitation that says you have to go to college, for example, to go in debt $100,000 or more, and then pursue your life passion? So it's just looking at that your, your normal, what, what life says is supposed to be, finish high school, go to college, get your education, buy a home, get a nice car, have children. For me, those things did not occur in that time frame, which kind of aided me in the well, how do I get out of this now? And how do I accountably still move forward? I'm a high school dropout. So I could have easily have been labeled while I was labeled by society as a failure. I had good grades. I enjoyed school for a while, but as time went on, I made some poor decisions and got around, got stuck with the wrong crowd. And uh, I wouldn't change my past, but it forced me into how do I look at things differently? And that's where I think you have to begin is how do you get outside of that fit in the box mentality of things have to always be done this way. I'm not saying all education is bad or college is bad. There's a lot of greatness out there. But for example, in my own career field, being in restaurants for 25 years, by the time that I did go to college at the age of probably 30 and got my bachelor's in business management and leadership at 34, I paid a lot of money for a piece of paper because the organization that I worked for was very good about teaching me about finance, real estate development, you name a position that, or a account that you have to touch for business, I was trained on those things. So from webinars, online, there's so much great technology to take advantage of that says, I don't have to do things a certain way. So look at your life, where your passions lie, and ask yourself if you have to pursue them the way that everybody else tells you that you need to. And that can go for personal aspects of life, not just your professional aspect. I would say, dig in and really peel back some layers and challenge the perhaps dated or outdated belief systems that you think you have to be molded into. That's where it begins with asking those bigger questions of how do I get innovative in solving these life or personal goals that I have placed in front of me? Yeah, my daughter is doing exactly what you said. She did one year at college and uh, then said, this isn't, this isn't for me, dad. I don't, I don't want all that debt. And uh, she had gotten some financial aid. So first year wasn't that bad, but it was a private university. And uh, she said, I don't want, I don't want that debt. And of course it was in COVID and uh, she lost all the, the social uh, fun of college uh, because it was just, you know, go back to your dorm and do this virtually or hybrid. And so she said, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to stay home. I'm going to stay for the real estate exam. And uh, she became an assistant manager at her local pizza place here in town. And I'm really proud of her because she didn't do it the traditional way. And even though everyone probably is saying like, why, why didn't you go back to that prestigious university? But um, she thought through those consequences and didn't stay in the box. I give her a lot of credit then because she's doing a lot with that mindset that unfortunately a lot of people don't. And I do find a lot more reward by diving deeper into those channels. So good for her. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you're a lot like me, Ken, that we have an insatiable thirst for personal self-discovery and for learning in general. What do you do to become more self-aware and what are your favorite go-tos for learning? Love that question because I see myself as a lifelong learner and I want people to be more of a lifelong learner. A big part of the ungraduation process is unlearning the bad, 
or at least recognizing what was good and trying to find ways to frame up new ways of seeing things that might be outside the box that you haven't seen. So I got into all kinds of reading for a very long time and probably at about my mid twenties. And even now I still read a lot, but I decided to start taking action with a lot of the things that I was learning and begin to create my own truths through experiences from those learnings. But I got my hands on any kind of book. And for me, it really became personalized, meaning that the corporate side taught me a lot about corporate growth and learning and in and, and business. But I began to ask myself some deeper life questions. What happens after we die? We may never know the answers to these questions, but it didn't stop me from learning about different terms of life type stuff, philosophical type things. So I was learning how to be a better person, how to be a better human being, which, which then leads you into being more happy personally, a better leader outside of life. So I delved into mental awareness, mindset, that kind of space that helped calm a lot of the challenge I was having. I was trying to over-control, over-manage. I developed health issues and all kinds of stress and anxiety that I was putting upon myself that I've since removed from my life through these personal learnings. But like you, Paul, I'm a lifelong learner, as I said, and I got my hands around podcasts, audiobooks. I used every bit of my travel and time to my advantage, even more so with just my daily routines. So I work out every day. I develop that, that habit. And I used to listen to music all the time, which music's great. Music's not a bad thing, but I decided to start listening to podcasts and audiobooks and habit stack what I was doing that was already good for me and make use of the 24 hours that we all have in our day so that I can continue to, to learn and grow. If you can then take all of that and find some community, some mastermind groups, some online communities, like there's great places like Mind Valley, Gaia, there's different places that you can find community in areas in which you're interested in learning and growing for people who can hold you accountable and keep challenging you to become the best person that you want to be. So that's just a smattering of where I'm at now. And I interweave all of those things into my life constantly while still being purposeful in my corporate work, as well as the coaching space that I'm getting into as well, too. Love talking about that. I could talk about that all day, right? So I'm a learner on the uh, Strengths Finder. Uh, it's one of my top five out of the 34 in Strength Finder. And listeners, if you've never taken Strength Finder, I totally recommend it. Uh, it's only 20 bucks online at Clifton Strengths. I don't get any cut for that. Uh, I just think everybody should get more self-aware of their strengths and it, it'll give you your top five. And it's like, someone's reading your mail. It's like, whoa, that is so me. Cause there's 34 of them and they, they really niche them down with the questions. So yeah, totally do that. Totally do what you do at the podcast during exercise. Uh, I used to do music too, because uh, what do they say? Uh, if you listen to music when you exercise, you, you push it like 10% more. And I'm like, oh, I like that stat. But then it was like, oh, I like learning more. So I switched it over to, to podcasts, which uh, allows me to get those just-in-time nuggets, stay current. And, oh, you mentioned the mastermind too. Um, I've signed up for a, a national mastermind group that starts next month. And oh, very, very excited to be a part of that camaraderie where we the, it's called rising tide and you just, you're just going to lift each other up as a result. So yes, we are kindred spirits, my friend. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Just take advantage of everything you can. Just remember it's all a choice. We don't have to have learning cease once we have whatever high school level education, college level, it's a choice to stop learning 
And I always advocate never choose to stop learning. There's such great information out there. And then again, once you learn, take action. That's the new Mm. phrase that I keep bringing into my life now is we can consume forever, but unless you apply that learning, they say knowledge is power. It really isn't. It can be. It's potential power if we take action with that knowledge. Yeah. And I, I like to say, oh, there's so many books I read this year. And, and, uh, but if you, if you don't do anything with that, you're right, it isn't power because it's just latent there. It's, it could turn into something. But uh, that's why I go back through books and I underline them. Uh, I highlight in them and then I go back again and I journal them. And then I go back and I look at the journaled items because uh, you want to get maximum um, takeaways from anything that you're learning. Totally agree. And I love that you do that. (laughs) Well, you've teased us a little bit with your story. And I know the word self-awakening is in your story. What what crucible, Ken, did you find yourself in? And how did that shift your life direction? Yeah, I also am glad you're asking this question because, you know, I talk a lot about spirituality. I think it's important, but it's not everything in terms of self-awakening, if you want to call spiritual enlightenment or enlightenment, I've learned to find, I've found through my experiences, that is that enlightenment or self-awakening is not the end goal. And what I mean by that is whatever your, your purpose is, as you begin to see things differently, it's kind of a new beginning. It's, it, it's where the jumping off point occurs from. So when I describe a self-awakening, it was that the wheels were always turning but I began to find some answers or at least answers that made sense to me. And in that, this new perspective happened. So the crucible or the crux of where I was, was very overworked, very uh, confused about life in terms of what's purpose, what's meaning, why am I here? And those questions began for me, ironically, at a pretty young age. My wife and I uh, chose to not have children. It was kind of a personal decision. And as I began to quote unquote, make it in life and have a nice salary. I had a home at a young age. I was very fortunate to come from nothing. But as I began to get the rewards and reap the rewards of my efforts, I started saying, what next? And it could have been what, unfortunately, a lot of people fall victim to is more stuff. They get more money. They think, how do I get more status and how do I feel better about myself? Well, I got, I got to go, go amass more stuff. And it's that materialistic search for meaning. And I, I want to have a nice life. I want the listeners of this show and my show or whoever I talk to to have a nice life, but it comes from finding how do you contribute? How do you serve? How do you give back? How do you teach the things that are helping you figure out life in a unique way to the listener or to the mentee so that they can take some of that plant the seeds, water them, and then watch the truth happen for them through their own experiences too. So I continue this self-awakening, this enlightenment, if you will, realizing that I'm just seeing the world through a different lens now. I don't have it all figured out either. I just have a lot more firmer ground to stand on with applying things that I've learned into my lifestyle from not just an accountability and mindset aspect, but a personalization towards what do I want to accomplish and allowing life to flow through that process, which is the enlightenment aspect, but there's still bad days and challenges and hard parts. Whenever you have self-awakenings or enlightenments, it doesn't mean you reach a certain place of nirvana and everything's going to be just great. 
we're always learning and growing in life. And that's what I find to be great is getting out of your comfort zone and keep stretching. Each time you do that, you become better and better throughout your life experiences. So for me, that was a bit about the self-awakening, if you will. And it continues to this day. I keep searching for more and will continue to apply new learnings to improve myself and those around me. Percent, Ken, would you say of clients or just people you know are in that shoot of just getting carried away along with social norms? Like you said, maybe just getting more stuff as you move up the ladder and uh, just living the programming that that you grew up with and what the culture says. If you could just take a guess, and I know you didn't do a uh, a study on it, but I'm just wondering, what do you think? In my experiences, it's ninety percent. Easily ninety wow. percent, and ninety. Yep, they tend to kind of point the finger, and this is where I I always challenge people: is well, that's your story. You're 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 lucky. You got the good breaks. And that's easy for you to say that you're allowing life to flow. And I always challenge that with: we create our own luck through the everyday choices and behaviors that we make, and the pivots that we make from the mistakes. It's shame on us if we keep waking up and make the same mistakes over and over again. That's that growth versus fixed mindset aspect. So it's not to be too harsh with the reality, but again, the the more fortunate or the people who seem to have better outcomes are making choices and behaviors each day, which lead them to that future outcome. We get caught up in this past versus future and forget that every day, the choices that we make matter. And because we're, I want it now society, people, they allow themselves to get caught up in that rat race and life just happens and they don't pause to reflect on what they need. So yeah, uh, without getting too deep down those paths just yet, it's 90% easily that fall victim to that, just getting caught up at the Joneses and let's see where life takes me and hope that they get there versus taking the reins and taking charge to get there. Yeah. Sounds like drifting. And uh, I never... I never want to be said on my tombstone, Paul drifted through life. <laughs> it <laughs> no, just doesn't, doesn't feel good. And one of my other favorite quotes is you only coast one direction downhill, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're going to have a roller coaster for sure. Learn to put on the gas and apply the brakes whenever you need to. You're in control of that, at least for the most part. Yeah. So that really goes to my next question is how does a person build up a barrier uh, that prevents personal growth? I mean, they're never fully prevented, but in their own mind, they're, they're maybe thinking, this is just the way it is. And how can a person tear down that barrier to get to personal growth? Well, I do think a lot of that ties back to the mindset piece, but I'll extrapolate that out a little bit more. So we get attached to negative outcomes in our lives. And that's where a lot of the entrapment occurs. So Instead of saying, what can I learn and change from that experience, our egos, this is where it gets a little bit conceptually philosophical, but my belief is that the ego is not just a pompous, arrogant, loud, boisterous part of us. It's the part of us that likes to keep us safe and protected. And within that safe and protected space, we, we won't break out. And whenever we come across a scenario that the ego says, ah, Remember that last time that you tried that? Look at how you felt then. You don't want to experience that again, do you? We need to run right at that ego and say, yes, yes, I do want to experience that again because I've learned what I did wrong. And the only way I'm going to grow ego is to get out of that thought process and challenge whatever happened before so I can change it and rewrite a new outcome 
so that now I can use that experience to where you, when you build more of those new outcomes that have went the way that you wanted to, it begins to reprogram the mental state that you can do these things. But if you don't try, you're never going to, you have to look at every single challenge you've faced and learn from it, ask yourself what you can do differently. And remember that in order to hit your zone of genius, your zone of brilliance as the big, the big leap by Gay Hendricks talks about great book is to challenge that growth. So run into those challenges. They're not always comfortable, but if you really want to be successful in life, the best, most successful people, they stretch and grow and they put themselves around a around a lot of other people who also stretch and grow and challenge them alongside with them. We all heard the, the Jim Rohn of you are the average of the five people that you surround yourself with. Well, that's very, very true. Find successful people, surround yourself with those people, and you're going to have a better outcome and begin to reprogram that fixed mindset into a growth centered mindset. Now, that's so true. And you've probably read the studies on the grooves in your brain and how you just settle into those ruts. And unless you do something intentional, you're going to stay there. That's another good point, too, is that our minds are always, always forming and changing. We're not wired from birth. Neuroplasticity and epigenetics, those are real things mm-hmm. that change over time based off of our course of actions and what we do or don't do in order to learn and grow. Yeah. And I heard a stat again in a podcast the other day that if, you know, if you, if your closest five people are overweight or obese, good chance you're going to be, if, if they're get into fitness and nutrition, there's a good chance you're going to be into, you just sort of get swept into those people that you are hanging around and they, they make a bigger impact on you than you think. It's the absolute truth. And it's, I mean, whether you want to say like attracts like, or you just get yourself into that modality of they behave a certain way. So you find the same way to behave with them. It really is true. Just take a step back and say, where am I spending the most of my time? And you can make some determinations of where you're going to be at in a year or three or five, if you keep yourself in that situation. Good stuff. Hey, let's take a quick break. You're listening to the Grow Forward Today podcast of America Business Channel. You can contact me on Facebook at Growing Forward Services and my guest also on Facebook at Ken.Hanneman, H-A-N-N-A-M-A-N. When we come back, I'm going to ask Ken uh, how he coaches his clients to rediscover or find their life purpose. Hang on and we'll be right back. If you're a manager or supervisor trying to keep your team and yourself engaged, motivated, and accomplishing goals, then you want to check out Bullseye, Paul Casey's membership community for team leaders, coming alongside you to achieve confidence and success in leading your team. Within Bullseye, there are plug-and-play forms and tools, inspirational audios to pump you up, team player videos to play in staff meetings, icebreakers for your one-to-ones, and of course, interaction with Paul and other industry teams. Team leaders to chat about how to solve the problems you are wrestling with. Paul will bring on live experts once a month to answer your questions on their expertise, and he will ping you twice a week via text to encourage you in your pursuit of your goals. Finally, there is a resource for anyone who supervises others and wants to develop their potential. Check out Bullseye to find out more and subscribe today for the best rates they'll ever be at growingforwardservices.net. That's growingforwardservices.net. Welcome back. 
talking with Ken Hanneman. And Ken, if you've got a new client today, tell us the process you would use for helping him or her discover or rediscover their life purpose. Yes, probably perhaps one of the most important questions for somebody who's in the mindset coaching space is where do you begin? And outside of the main thing being decluttering one's noise and chatter and mental chatter, we begin to to really peel back what the person wants. And we talk about purpose and reason for being in a way that says, if you could wake up every day and be paid for something that you love doing, wouldn't it be an amazing place to be? And of course, the answer is always yes, yes, but I work at XYZ places. I can't see that <laughs> happening. So we we work on the mental part of the decluttering and any misbeliefs and where the whole where are you at now and how do we level set and some very basic understandings of fixed mindsets versus growth mindsets, just to make sure that the mindset piece is right first. Because one thing I'll tell people uh, very openly and transparently is that not everybody's ready for this work yet. And it's not that I don't want to have people to help. You have to come to the table with some accountability of knowing that you need to make some changes first, whether it's actions, behaviors, beliefs, so we'll start there. But once we get past a lot of those misbeliefs or indoctrinations or labels that they've been brought up with, that they can then get out of the box of thinking, it becomes, how do we align your life to have more purpose and meaning? And not all of it needs to be around these grandiose, life-changing, world-changing things. It's what matters to you. And most people will say, you know, something spiritual or family, uh, that's usually where their top, top uh, goals align. But we talk about everything from hobbies, interests, the whole wheel of life. Where are you at now and where are you out of balance within that wheel of life? So from work to, to travel and fun and hobbies and charitable aspects, where do you want to have more time or less time? And within that, we all have 24 hours in a day. So we then go into, well, where are you spending the majority of your time? How can we pull back where you don't want to and ramp up where you do? And often I'll get answers of, well, I have to spend the most of my time at work and I don't love my job. And I would challenge people to say that more often than not, there's a way to draw something you care about into your current job. I've always said, whether I'm a garbage man or an astronaut, I'll be the best darn garbage man or, or astronaut possible. And I say that because in your organization, you can find ways to make purposeful intent. I would say, don't leave your job. A lot of people just jump out of it and say, well, I'm going to quit my job and go work with purpose. I wouldn't advocate that. I would say, start with where you're at and look at how you can make impact for that company purposefully. And maybe that's not an answer for every walk of life, but there's a lot of companies and organizations and franchisees who want to be more purposeful in the communities that they serve. So whether it's through making a difference in your community, the environment, uh, children, there's all different kinds of ways where philanthropically you can get involved from a purpose aspect and have more meaning and fulfillment. And I'll wrap that question up with this term that I teach and talk about called ikigai, which is a Japanese term that really is about balance. And it's been westernized because ikigai really meant one thing. What one thing do you get out of bed for each day and where do you find fulfillment? But ikigai takes and balances it. What's your vocation, what you want to do, what does the world need? Do you enjoy doing it? And can you get paid for doing it? So we look at those four quadrants and say, wouldn't it be amazing to align your life in this way? And some, at some point it might involve a job change, but you don't have to jump and run and make dramatic changes right away. So that's kind of a beginning template to where we end up with. 
with how that process works. Uh, listeners of Grow Forward today, you might want to rewind that one. And uh, you just got coached for free from uh, from Ken. Happy to <laughs> help in any way self, I can. <laughs> good self question, uh, good self discovery questions to ask yourself. You you mentioned this process isn't for everyone yet, uh, Ken. What would what would make you say to a client, you're not you're not ready, you're not in that space to be able to do this hard work, just in case there was a listener thinking about, do I want to dive in or not? Yeah, it's it's the open-mindedness. It's it's the come to the table with an open mind with maybe the way you've been doing it isn't always the right way. And I'm open to say my way might not be for you either. It's sure. not something that I'm going to sit here and tell you that if you've been programmed to think that your way works and you don't want to open up your mind, I'm not going to force it down your throat and say, well, my way is the way. All I ask is people come with an open mind, whether it's about spirituality, about work, about personal loved ones, spouses, just be open-minded to say, maybe there are things that you've done knowingly or unknowingly that have got you into this predicament. And if you're willing to listen, it's okay to challenge. I want people to challenge what I tell them. That's a part of the process. But if you're closed off with, nope, I'm going to keep doing it my way, then I can't really help you. And I do think people will get to the point that they need to at some point or another, but again, when they're ready. Yeah. I think John Maxwell says the, uh, the three times people change uh, when you hurt enough to have to, when you learn enough to want to, I can't remember the other ones. Like you're a, you have the resource, you're supported enough to be able to, I think those were the three. So um, there is a readiness factor and uh, hopefully grow forward today. Listeners, you're in that mindset. That's why you're listening to this podcast because you're are ready to keep gleaning and keep growing. Well, Ken, your podcast and your book are called ungraduated. Where did that name come from and on what do you focus with your podcast guests? Yeah, so it is a made up word and I could easily say, well, the domain was available, but that was <laughs> a byproduct. I was so thankful to find that the domain name was still available on graduated.com, which is now the website, but it started with, here's the, here's the absolute transparent truth. I was working out downstairs in my basement one day thinking, how do I brand myself? If I want to create a coaching business, if I want to really help impact lives, what do I stand for? Up to this point, I'm now 40 years old and I've lived a life well-lived, but not perfect. And I wanted to challenge people to look at society differently, look at the indoctrinations, look at the belief systems, look at the labels that we layer on ourselves, as well as what society labels upon us too. And ungraduate, peel back the layers from within the system that you've been a part of and look at new ways to challenge old problems. And then the other part of it was, I'm not normal. I haven't followed the same path. I'm a high school dropout, yet I've, again, by society's terms, made it in life in an ungraduated way. So all this is coming to me like a lightning bolt. Maybe it was a sign from the universe or whatever powers are out there that, hey, do this. And I go and talk to the wife who is usually always my level set balancer. And when I said, Hey, here's a word. And I gave her some of those descriptors or descriptions. I said, does it make sense? And she said, yes, with authoritative resounding, that's it. Then I had my stamp of approval right there. Once the wife says good, I know I'm good to go as well too. But uh, it that's where it came from. It was, I want to create a personal brand. And also with that personal brand, describe myself, but challenge people 
to think differently and get outside of the social norms that we've all been taught that life is. Because you can take that ungraduated label and you can go down any rabbit trail you want and say, what is truth for me and what is not? And that doesn't have to just be with education. It's any walk of life. I just want to keep advocating people to do their own research, especially in a world that we live in today where there's a ton of information, but you don't always know if what you're getting is correct. So you got to find that validation for yourself. That's where it began. The podcast is all about those things. The book is to the book kind of walks the, the reader or listener through the aspects of seeing what may not be there, meaning that there are things happening in life that you're not always aware of. And it walks them through that ungraduation towards a point of purpose and mission. But the podcast really talks about all things from a different label, societal belief systems. We do talk about spirituality, but in a non-dogmatic way, because while I hope to not ever offend anybody, because I don't have any one religion or one spirituality, I look at them all. And I say, what makes sense for all of these things? And how do we tie it to a modern perspective of the best way to live without that this is the way you must do it or else you're not going to end up in a good place. So that's, we talk about life and leadership as well is brought into it, but it's all those different ways of looking at things differently and challenging yourself through that. Was the, was the book writing process grueling? Was it, it uh, exhilarating for you? Well, how, how, was, how was your process? The book part, writing the book was easy. And I say that uh, truthfully because I had 15 years of, well, the hardest part was trying to say, how do you compact 15 years of, of learning and knowledge and experiences into one 200 or less page book? So that part wasn't easy. But it flowed very quickly because I, I had a nice outline and said, this is what I want to tell the story of. The editing was the grueling part. And it was a good process, meaning that it was only grueling because I had to go back and forth and read my own book 17 times before I was able to say, okay, publish it. We're good to go. Um, so that was the ironic twist of the hard part. But writing it wasn't hard at all. I was very motivated to do it. It was humbling and a little bit you know, vulnerable to put out a story and talk about some beliefs that I have that I don't think everybody knew that I had. So I had to literally put it all out there, be okay, knowing that it's not going to resonate for everybody. But if I can impact lives, one or 10 or a hundred or a thousand or a hundred thousand, or my main goal was a million one day, that's what I want to do. So I know it won't be for everybody, but it certainly is truths that have worked for me that I just want to share, hope, hoping that it plants a seed and helps other people as well, too. Well, congratulations getting it published and launched. And uh, I, I too agree that writing a book, it's the last steps that are the ones like, oh, come on. The, the writing of the book was, was quote unquote easier, but those last steps of editing and the cover design and the uh, the inside pages, you know, and then the inside front cover, back cover. Oh, that stuff could take months. <laughs> yes, it can. And if you've done the audio for your book, then reading it and recording it. Oh, yeah. It's also one more part, which I've done too, which is just a whole different experience. But it is. I'm glad it's over. I hope that it makes impact. That's what my goal is with it. Absolutely. So we've talked a lot about the need for self-reflection. We've got a very very busy world, a lot, very noisy world. How do you make time for that each month in your ongoing learning uh, mindset? Yes, it's super, super important because we live in a very distracting society and we can often get caught up in the rat race and 
all of a sudden a week, a month, a year goes by and you're like, why am I treading water? Or how did I get to this point? And maybe if you're lucky and not you're unconsciously doing things that are actually good for you, you are making progress. It's the sad truth that a lot of us are unconsciously on autopilot and not making enough changes to where the future is not going to lead us to a whole lot more of a better place. So that reflection of taking pause, I it's an everyday thing for me. And it's usually as my evening winds down, I've tried journaling. I still journal. I self-reflect in a journal. I wouldn't say it's an every single day thing, but I do find for a lot of people that simply going through, what are you gracious for? What have you learned in that day? And even if nothing, then what do you have in your life that you're grateful for? I have found, and there's science in this too, that whenever you pull gratitude into your life and you're thankful, there are certain energies that occur differently inside the body. People are learning that the heart is a lot more of an energy center than what the brain even is. Then you have the gut and all these things that you can start to reflect on, well, where am I at in my health and what things have I done to either hurt or improve that? How about my personal relationships? You know, where am I self-sabotaging? How about my business? And you just begin to pause and reflect. And if you're open and aware, the things come in front of you and you can see it for what it is. Then comes the accountability aspect of, well, what choices do I have to make to change? And for me, I'll, I'll be quick with this, but I wasn't always happy with my, my own health. I was making poor decisions and always making excuses, too busy, traveling a lot, no time for exercise. It wasn't until I got very serious and accountable, ironically, right before COVID happened, December of 2019, I got on a scale, I weighed 250 pounds, the heaviest I've ever been at about a six foot height. And I knew I had to make changes. So right then and there, I had to take my own medicine and say, I'm gonna cut out soda, fried foods, going to get 45 minutes a day without fail of exercise. And then the two pounds a week from the beginning of 2020, right through all the shutdowns. Yes, I was going outside if I had to for a walk or a jog. There was no excuses. I wasn't going to miss a day. I lost two pounds a week from that point every week, got 60 pounds off uh, by June of 2020 in a time when everybody was gaining weight and talking about how pissed off they were that COVID was causing them to gain weight. So I went against the grain but I was able to make those changes because I had to become very accountable for myself in that process. So that's kind of, you know, where that whole thing begins from in terms of just being accountable to yourself and making the changes. Once you begin to see progress, it becomes very fulfilling, but we get stuck up in, I want to see it now. You got to give yourself some time. And that reflection is important every day in your own way. For me, it's going for a walk, whether it's outside and, you know, a lunch break, or just sitting on your couch, turning off the TV and sitting with your own thoughts. And they say, the last thing I'll say is that some, sometimes people would rather be anywhere, anywhere else than alone with themselves and their thoughts. And that's a problem, I think. That's just some, one of those other societal labels that we have to go against because you need to sit with yourself. You need to hear your thoughts and begin to take notice of that reflection so that you can assign changes and actions to take and then become consistent with them. How badly do you want to change in your life is a question that I would ask you. And if you want it badly enough, you'll do whatever's right, I think, to help yourself out in your life. Yeah, I think it's a Blaise Pascal quote that all the problems with you, humanity is the inability of a, of a person to sit with themselves alone. <laughs> it's crazy. I, I actually enjoy it now. I may not always have enjoyed it, but I do now. 
Yeah, the introvert me really enjoys that. I can't wait to again tomorrow. I've got a personal retreat day on the calendar where I get to do that reflection on each each area of my life. Like you said, relationships, your work life, your health and wellness, your spirituality, and just sort of touch each one of those and say, how, how, how am I doing in this area? And oh, that one, I, can I go another month with allowing myself to just be lax in that area? So yeah, it has to be intentional for sure. Or else again, we'll just drift into another month. That was just like last one. Yep. We'll wake up with that insanity of doing the same thing over and over again and thinking we're going to have a different outcome. Oh That's yeah. The definition of insanity. I don't it want is. to have that. And I don't want any listeners to have that either. Do you find that most people, just to go back to a point you mentioned earlier, uh, have non-productive mental chatter going on in their heads uh, regularly? Do you find most people struggle with that? Yes. Capital Y-E-S. Yes. <laughs> with five explanation points after it. Because again, we're self-sabotaging when we don't even realize it. And we we have often allowed the people in our lives that, that we're closest to, to help us with that programming, unfortunately, um, for, for good or ill intentions, hopefully not ill intended, but we then begin to have society and that's in the labels that they put out there in terms of how we should look, feel, live. And we begin this negative mental chatter. And I am on record. It's not my words. I read this somewhere. I wish I knew who first said it, but the first time I heard this, it really resonated. And that's the two most powerful words in the English language are I am. And the reason why they're the two most powerful words, because what follows next, you are programming subconsciously, unconsciously into your behaviors, into your being, into your beliefs. And what I mean by that is you don't have to say it out loud for that to work. So these positive affirmations, or even if you're saying, you know, incorrect affirmations, you've heard I am statements with affirmations. It's what are you telling yourself silently? What do you believe about yourself? And back to that weight loss story, I told myself every day for a long time, I'm not healthy and I'm too fat. And I've since began to catch myself on any I am statement, any inner critic, inner monologue that I that is not positive to my life, canceling that thought and going with a more reaffirming I am. For example, I am young, I am vibrant, I am healthy, I am in shape. Even if I don't 100% see the reflection that I want to see, realizing that the present day choices that you make by those affirmations are what will back up the future opportunity to have what you want. So I've had those challenges with thoughts around my mental awareness, like my um, my intellect. I've sometimes in my earlier years thought I wasn't smart enough to maybe lead at a high level. I didn't know math all that well. I've learned by not doing that. It's amazing how the mind does begin to rework itself through again, those epigenetics and neuroplasticity. I'm not a calculus wizard, but I can even do math in my head a lot faster now. I'm not even practicing, just opening up the perspective where we close it down by going counterintuitive to what that thought is. So just find a way, even they say lie to yourself and that's, there's some truth in that. You just have to not put yourself down like so many people do. And that's the biggest problem. The inner critic is your worst nightmare. And it's always talking to you, telling you what you're not good at or to not do things. And if we believe that, well, we, be, we become that thing. Yeah, I, I think I read it in Brendan Burchard's, I think it was High Performance Habits book, the whole I am thing. And 
Uh, just that next day, I had a potential client say, I'm a runner, so you're going to have to keep me accountable, Paul, because I'm just going to run away from any accountability. And I, I was able to just jump right in and go, you know, can I challenge you on something uh, to not say I'm a runner? Like you said, cancel that that thought, that inner critic, because you're becoming that. You're starting to make it your identity. And wouldn't it be better to have a better identity <laughs> than that of uh, I'm going to stick to things. You know, I, I do stick to things. I'm going to see this process out. I'm going to keep growing. And those, those I am statements, they are so powerful for sure. Yeah. Just again, not to harp on it, listeners here, just remember the ego is a real thing. And it's, I think in our psyche, because it was meant to protect us at a very early on phase of humankind. And now it's evolved to our modern lifestyle. So instead of running away from lions and tigers and bears, for the most part, we're not doing that these days. The ego keeps us safe by keeping us from experiencing mental harm and mental anguish. So society throws all these views of what it thinks that we should be. And when we don't measure up, we begin to believe that through the reaffirmations of the ego and the voice inside of our heads. So if you want to do some more work on that, Eckhart Tolle and Power of Now, there's tons of great readings on it that have helped me, but the ego is one of the biggest entrapments that does this to us, that keeps us shackled or empowered in life. Yeah, I think uh, you mentioned The Big Leap, that book. Uh, I think it's in that book where it talked about when you when you approach a stretch in your life, a big goal, something that you're going to try to you know, ungraduate and push into something new, sometimes you get sick because your body is literally fighting against you, uh, fighting against homeostasis that you've been settling for for so long. That was so powerful. It's, it's amazing how powerful the mind and heart is. And if we allow ourselves to be kept in mediocrity, we will stay there and just reaffirm those new behaviors. So yeah, there's a lot of truth in this stuff. It's not just theory. Anybody out there can validate and back me up by doing some research on this. You got to go to the right places, but it is out there and it is real. So for the leaders listening to the podcast today, Ken, I think you can relate to that responsibility since you're responsible for over 700 restaurants in your day job. How do you relate to your, your empowering message so that restaurant managers run with this with their teams? It's so critical and important in today's world. It's we're facing challenges at every turn and that will continue. You know, COVID happened and we had what felt like a, I don't know, eight to 10 year cycle of some growth. And there was always word world turmoil, but then COVID happened. And now there's a staffing crisis, at least in my industry, any kind of restaurants, retail, mm -hmm. hospitality, as well as industrial sectors out there. Almost everybody for the most part is feeling this effect of the great resignation. And there's new reasons to say we can't do things. And that's where as a leader, we have to listen to our people. One thing I'll never advocate is to just be that person listening, looking through them as you already know what answer you want to tell them. You have to feel where they're coming from, but keep them in a growth mindset. How do we solve old problems with new ideas? The same problems are going to exist. We may not we may not be as understaffed. We may not have been as understaffed as what we were before COVID and before the staffing crisis, but we were at times understaffed even before all this. We just had different levers to pull and different ways to solve things. So it becomes, how do we get creative? How do we stay accountable and in a growth mindset? Because how you lead, your people will lead. We've all heard walk the talk and set the example. So we have to be a sounding board. We have to listen to our people. What I try to do too is give me the suggestions that you want to work on. I don't like to tell them all the answers because it turns it 
back towards me. When things don't work out, if I'm the idea guy and they're not the idea person, then if the idea I have doesn't work, it's easy to put them back into a fixed mindset. Well, he told me to do it that way. It's his fault because it was his idea. So how do we get people to be innovative with that process, come to us with their own suggestions, give them some empowerment by saying, you know what? I like that idea. Let's go ahead and try that. See if it works. Have them come along with us. How we think and act, they will think and act. So good. Well, Ken, it's been great talking with you. How can our listeners contact you? Anything that you want to plug for their personal leadership development? Well, we do have the book out now. It is certainly available in Kindle and paperback and hardback and Audible as well, too. What I'm going to do, this website that I have, ungraduated.com, is the hub for everything. But right now, at the time of this recording, it is being relaunched and rebranded. There will be a link on that website for a free download of the audiobook. So be patient if by the time that this launches that you don't see it, just be patiently aware that it's going to be there and you can get your free download of the audiobook from the website. But the website, un graduated.com is where everything will live. You can find me there, my email, my socials, everything will be at the website for the listeners to check out. And I hope to have them come along in the ungraduation journey along with me. Super. Thank you for that free gift for everyone. I appreciate that. Ken, keep growing forward. I intend to, and thanks for having me. And you keep growing forward too, Paul. Love what you're doing. <laughs> So I have some takeaways from Ken today. There was a whole bunch of them. I, I scribble notes while our, our, our guests are uh, spewing forth wisdom. So I'll just give you a few of them. Life doesn't happen to you. Life happens for you. And that if you, if you believe that and you put your, yourself in a growth mindset, you can get innovative in your process of learning and growing. When you do learn, put your learning into action. Knowledge isn't power by itself. It's only when we make those choices to put it into action that it really does matter. Successful people stretch and grow, and they surround themselves with other people who stretch and grow. And then those most powerful two words, I am. What you put after that is what you're becoming. It's the identity you're starting to label yourself with. So make sure that it's empowering and headed in the direction you want to go. The GFT podcast is all about putting practical tips from my guests into action for your personal leadership development. Remember, if you learn something and don't put it into action within 72 hours, those valuable gems start to slip out of your brain gradually until you lose their value to your life. Thank you for listening to episode 14. Please spread the word about this podcast to the other achiever friends in your life who are hungry to grow forward in their lives. Remember, you must lead yourself well before you can lead your team well. And until next week, keep growing forward. Thank you for tuning in for this episode of Grow Forward Today. Remember to visit Paul's website for more tools that you can use at growingforwardservices.net. Join us again for another edition very soon on the Voice America Business Channel.